Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to The Last Edit, a podcast on film hosted by yours truly, Silver Hawkins, and the great... Citizen Slade, hello there. Uh, today we'll be talking about Bernhard Vicky's uh, Die Brücke, or The Bridge, from 1959, which is a German war film. It's actually the first film made in post-war Germany, or post the Second World War, to actually address the war. Uh, and it does so in fairly harrowing fashion. It's pretty clear that <laughs> there's some trauma there that's sort of being addressed in that film. Um, it's basically about seven young kid German kids, seven young German boys. Um, it's the end of the war, April 1945. Uh, the Allies are encroaching. Uh, German front is collapsing. And they're being called up as reserves and uh, sort of to spare them they're sort of um, being relegated to an insignificant point of the front, which is just this little bridge in their hometown. But um, unfortunately, uh, events escalate and the bridge turns out mm. to be a hot zone and uh, things go wrong from there, basically, is, is sort of the main synopsis of the film, I, I, I think. Yeah, so I'd never seen it before. Uh, I'd never even come across it before. And obviously didn't know what to expect. And it's very much a film of two halves. It's very much like Full Metal Jacket in that respect. So it's got that distinct half where we get to know the boys and their, their families and the teacher and yeah. what they're getting up to and how they're dealing with teenage life. Um, and teenage love as well with, oh, is it Francisca, the girl? Yeah, um, yes. yeah who, I think it's Carl, isn't it? Yeah. And, and they're getting no, to know Klaus. each other. No, Klaus. Oh, Klaus. Yes. Klaus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'll have to correct me. I will not remember almost no, any of the names. I don't. I'm not super with the names either. So, so, so it's got that whole half, and then we really kick into the war and the brutality of it. And throughout the initial parts, the boys are really excited by it. It's an adventure. They want to go on this war. They they're getting yeah. called up to Hitler Youth, and it's something new and different and exciting that they've never done before. But then, very, very quickly, the reality kicks in. Um, so at first it seems as if they're going to get off lightly. That's the setup, you know. They they get they yeah. get trained. They go to boot camp. They end up getting uh, on, uh, almost to the front lines, and then someone steps in. I think someone says something to a colonel at one point um, when he's outside in the car. We have to. We can't have these kids panicking of the soldiers if they're going to die. Yeah, gonna it's die. it's at the at the roll call where they are, <clears throat> and the teachers. It's um, the captain for the regiment. Yeah. And the, the teacher, the boy's teacher, has basically gone to the captain and said, these boys are way too young to fight. Uh, will you please do something? And the captain says, no, my hands are tied. I have orders. Uh, we have to, I mean, they have to fight like anyone else. And then at the roll call, he sort of sees the boys and he sort of sees how young they are. And you can see he goes, uh, I do want to do something. He has, he has lost his own son yeah. in the war. So he has that conversation with the teacher, doesn't he? And the teacher yeah. is like, please, try and do something for these kids. Don't just yeah. let them die. And so he decides to do something. So he goes to the colonel and says, can I just post these kids at, in this sort of insignificant uh, portion of the front? Because, well, I mean, they're I only just got them today. They're totally green. They'll run at the first sign of gunfire, and then they'll, they'll send the whole company running. So I'd rather just sort of post them here. And the colonel just sort of agrees. Um and they get posted with um, an experienced uh, NCO, a uh, yeah. who unfortunately, through other circumstances, gets killed, which sort of isolates the boys. 
and yeah. leaves them on their own by the bridge. Yeah, he wanders into town and is mistaken for a deserter or something. Yeah, by two other um, um, German soldiers and is shot. And then, then the boys don't really know what they're doing. They're kind of they're, they're obviously already out of their depth, but now they have no experience and no leadership. Yeah, and you start like that. There's one boy I remember when the fighting starts. Is smirking every time he, he shoots one of the uh, yeah. The that's Americans. that's Jürgen. That's the boy whose father is sort of a decorated uh, yeah. army officer and who sort of wants to follow in his father's footsteps. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, the most and he embraces it. He's the most sort of nationalistic, uh, ideologically driven. Yeah, uh, of the boys, and he's the one who sort of yeah smiles when he gets a kill and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, just little little moments with each of the characters kind of stand out, and obviously Ziggy is the the youngest and the smallest. As they they say in the start, they're joking about, and they um they find the brandy when they push him on that um that thing that slides down off the dock. Yeah, and unfortunately he's the, he's the first one to die, and I think that's at the real point. They they hear explosions in the in the background prior, and they've seen the soldiers driving by, and the uh, the colonel, I think whatever, whatever rank he is, has to uh, stop on the motorbike and get off, and they see war kind of moving past them. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they start he- hearing the explosion. Like the pace of discovering the war is quick, but it's well balanced. So they hear these explosions, and yeah, I mean the, the first faster. person, the the first person who comes up to them is this old man who lives in the village. Who yeah, comes up and says, "What are you boys doing here? I mean, this this village is lost already. The Americans are coming. Uh, resistance is futile. Just go home, go home." Hmm. And they chase him off. Uh, like Jürgen, the ideological pure, pure one. Draws his pistol and and chases yeah. him off. I just, it's a it's a film that really does hold up, and it's always interesting films of this age. Do they hold up or not? And this one doesn't have anything that really truly ages it. I don't think. I mean, I find it really weird. The opening is very very much, and the tone is like a Romero film. It's like yeah. Night of the Living Dead, static or or very slow moving shots, and even like there's no real music in the film apart from two points. Yeah, and it's. Like a horror film. I mean, it opens like a horror film. It does. The, the way the yeah. shots move, establishing the town. And the and music. Really, There's this sort of discor- discordant. discordant tone yeah, exactly. in the music. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it really sets up this uh, quite horrifying um, look into the war. These these innocent children who are, are really excited by it, by it all and don't have any... There's been no reality slap yet. No. And, I mean, I said to you prior to the podcast, I think it's structurally a little bit like Saving Private Ryan, uh, just just in terms of the way these these kids go through training and they're all friends and everything's fine, and then the war hits them, and then they end up in this situation where they're surrounded. They're actually protecting a bridge or on a bridge, and in, the, in, in their case, it's it's you know protecting Ryan. Uh, but it's it's weird how these these teenagers in the end are just trapped. Like a carpenter film in this in this situation where they get attacked from all sides and the Americans are there. The most poignant film for, uh, a moment in the film for me was when the American soldiers realised it was it was kids. Yeah. And that one soldier from the back of the tank. So at this point in the film, they're all fighting. Um, they're all trying to to kill everyone in the area. Three American tanks have rolled up, and uh, another contingent of soldiers, and. There's just this moment when this soldier comes out from the, behind the tank with no firearm and just says, please stop. Please stop and go home. Just go home. And it's lost in translation a bit. Yeah, and he makes the mistakes what... of saying, go back to kindergarten. Yeah, yeah and that's, exactly. that's a trigger point for one of the German boys because he heard yeah. his father basically 
um, dismiss him as a kindergartner. So he wants to go, no, I'll show you kindergartner. And then he shoots yeah. him. Yeah. And gets shot himself. And that's Carl, isn't yeah. that a thing? Yeah, that's Carl. And, and, and that's when his friend um, completely loses it. Yeah, class. And, what, well, and well, one of the it, others. It's a, it is, you're right, it is a really harrowing scene because the American gets basically gets his guts blown out and he yeah, lies and there. Yeah, really slowly, yeah. Yeah, and he lies there screaming. Mm. And Klaus is there begging um, Carl, shoot him, Carl, shoot him, end his suffering, shoot him. And then he turns around and he sees uh, Carl is shot, which is yeah. when he loses it, Klaus loses it as well. It's a really poignant film, I think. It's it's one of those films, a bit like The Killing Fields, that I'm really, really glad you asked me to watch because it'll stick with me. And certain parts of it, very, very importantly, will stick with me. It's just a tale about the loss of innocence through war, the, yeah. the fact that at the time, um, you know, and, and what it does do as well is actually flip the view from normally watching the Americans in war to watching the Germans in war. And, yeah, and it gives some the other films side. Do, some films do this, but the other side is exactly the same to some extent. Yeah. The, the, the lower levels of any army are told what to do and where to go. They have, they have no concept of, of being able to rebel against it, for the most part. They have to do what they're told. And it just shows that these, these innocent kids, being kids, going through you know, adventures as they, as they think, but then when they watch Siggy die... I think that's the moment all of them are they're brought kicking and screaming into the situation, fully understanding what's going on. But also, it's it's about kids in war. Yeah. You know, back then, those those kids at that age would have gone to war and would have lost their lives. And just how that small story in this massive conflict is kind of a microcosm of everything that was happening um, in, in those particular years in World War Two. Yeah, I mean, it's based on an autobiography. Uh... Right. Uh, on a on a on a real event, and it does sort of the epilogue does sort of depressingly say that this event was so insignificant, it was never it really happened, but it yeah. was so insignificant it was never mentioned in any war communiques. Um, yeah, and that's so saddening, isn't it? You know, yeah, the, these... it's just completely pointless and senseless. Um, and that's is, what most of war is. There is a sort of really poignant moment where uh, the teacher confronts uh, the regiment captain about uh, excusing the boys, where he says. Um, uh, they're doing it for nationalism and so forth. Uh, mm. They're they're so driven by nationalism, and then the captain says that's because that's how you programmed them. And it sort of dawns on him, and he says, "Yeah, or, that's that's true, and that's also why I can't be a teacher again after the war." Well, uh, yeah, because he's almost indoctr indoctrinated these kids into a way of thinking because yeah. of the Hitler regime. And, and, it, and it is the sense seeing it in action. They have this. They have this mantra where if you defend five square inches of land, you defend Germany. Yeah, and there is no falling back and so forth. We only go forward, um, which is this sort of yeah. ideal. This uh, mantra that gets drilled into them. Yeah, never retreat, never surrender. You have to move forward, even if that yeah. costs you your life. I thought the. The ambience of the film was really interesting as well, given the time period. I mean, as we've said, there isn't really much music. There's two points in the film where there is, and it's very discordant and almost macabre. But the sound itself is incredibly ambient, and the use of silence. It's not discussed very much when we talk about film and, and you know in discourse, but the use of silence in film can be just as important oh, as sure. the use of music. And in this... There are moments when that silence is really quite harrowing with what you're seeing on Where screen. Where it comes after all the gunfire, yeah, after all the machine gunfire and so forth from the MG42s and so forth. 
Yeah, it makes the sound even more important when it happens because yeah. of the use of silence. There's also some amazing shots. Um, there's a shot with uh, Franziska and, is it, go on. Klaus. <laughs> Klaus, where they're um, bookended by two trees. Yeah. And that's a motif visually that continues throughout some of the shots. So there's that amazing shot when the boys are starting to fight for the first time. They're in the trench and by the bridge and the camera is actually way back and it's moving slowly behind the trees. And first of all, it frames two of the soldiers in that little circular um, structure of trees and then carries on panning out and backwards to the rest of them. And, and for 1959, and I'm sure in difficult circumstances, you know, monetarily, etc., those yeah. tracking shots must have been very, very difficult to, uh, to film. Yeah, I imagine they were. I mean, some of the things don't hold up in terms of the technical are like the effects and so forth, like the tanks they're obviously not yeah actual <laughs> tanks uh which can sort of pull you out a little bit because mm. the german army at the time was not allowed to own tanks um so they basically just repurposed the trucks for for the purposes um mm. which is a little evident because they're extremely wide uh, yeah 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 but i mean it it doesn't i i didn't think it it was too bothersome um you yeah you i don't i don't think pretty quickly I don't think that all the special effects in parts detract from what is a very clear, very understandable and very poignant story. Yep. It's a film that even after all this time works, it's, it's narrative is, is focused. It builds it, the pace very nicely. It uses motif well, and it's heartbreaking in the end, you know, the, yeah, the, the, I mean, the last shot where it pans so slowly up away from the, from the bridge and just shows and then the we get that message. Yeah. Exactly. When we get that message is really, really heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, I think even the most as harrowing as the film as the moment with uh, with the American soldier is probably the most heartbreaking moment in the film is yeah. that moment you touched on, which is Siggy's death, right? Yeah, where he's yeah. he's been bullied a little. Uh, there's an airplane that flies by. Uh, the others see it. It's it's a little far off. Siggy throws himself into cover, and the others mock him for it. Oh, look at brave yeah. Siggy, the coward, and so forth. Did yeah. you wet your pants? And then. The plane comes around and does an attack run. And all the other boys jump for cover. But because he got bullied, Siggy's the one who stands yeah. up and sort of defies the airplane and then gets mowed down by it. Which is sort of the awakening <coughs> moment where they sort of awake to the reality of the situation they're in and the horror. Yeah. And he's like the younger brother to them all. He's the one. Yeah, he's sort of their mascot a little bit. Yeah. And they're trying to protect him and trying to make sure he's okay. And, yeah, and that's, the, that's the moment when reality is stripped um, back yeah. and they can see it there, how, how things really, really are. And then from there on, we obviously slowly, but surely we, every, every one of the boys dies in, in, in more Except and more difficult one circumstances. fairly trauma traumatized yeah. survivor. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, to say I enjoyed it is an interesting one, but I just, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's, it's one of those films. It's one of those films. I'm surprised I'd never, I'd never seen before or come across. And I'll certainly watch it again at some point. It's 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 a film that I think needs to be seen by more people if they haven't already. So for our viewers, I'd certainly say, you know, if, if you're into war films and particularly films that maybe have a different perspective from what you've seen before, it's one I, I would watch. And it's on YouTube in, in, what, nine parts, I think it was. Yeah, or something thereabouts. Um, like you can find it with subtitles, without subtitles and so forth. It is in German. It's a German film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we should say that. And I mean, for me... I first noticed it because um, I noticed that it was listed on a lot of like scholarly lists of the best war films ever made, like academic, 
in academia and so forth. And I thought, well, this looks interesting and sort of first German post-war film and so forth, which is what got me to see it. I'm, I managed to procure a copy, um, probably because Denmark neighbors Germany, so it wasn't that difficult for me to get a copy of it. Uh, but yeah, I was impressed with it, uh, with the combat scenes. I mean, the, the scene where Vanna storms, like single-handedly, heroically, basically, takes yeah, out yeah. two tanks, two American tanks with his Panzerfaust and storms into the house. And like he encounters the old man who warned them off again in in his yeah. house. And then he sort of accidentally, because he fires the Panzerfaust while the old man is behind him trying to tell him, go away, run away, run away, run away. And he bur- basically burns his face with the uh, backdraft from, from the yeah, Panzerfaust. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the American... An American soldier finds him and nearly <coughs> shoots him, while Vanna begs for mercy. But then they get the house gets bombed or, or whatever gets hit by an artillery shell. I would imagine. Uh, it it really is a story about the, um, of the true bleakness of war. Yeah. You know, it, there's no there's no no optimism after after the you know the second half really kicks in. Yeah. Everything is bleak and everything steadily becomes worse and worse as as, you know, especially when the Americans turn up and and everything basically goes to shit after a while, really quickly. No, I mean the the scene where the Americans run off and they leave two survivors, um, Vanna and no, not Vanna, uh, Hans and I don't remember the name of the 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 other kid. Um, but there are two survivors after all that, and then the German engineers come because they have orders to blow the bridge. Uh, the mm. bridge was so insignificant that they were they were actually supposed to blow it. And they haven't been able to blow it because the boys have been fighting the Americans off on the other side of the bridge. So they come up to blow it and they basically kind of excoriate the boys a little. Uh, so here's what you did just for getting to earn your medals and so forth. huh? Uh, and that causes the boys to sort of lose it and uh, and end up in a gunfire exchange with, with the German engineers, their own side as well. Yeah. Because they sort of realize how completely pointless all of these deaths have been and it really sort of brings it home well again it it, it really really strikes me as similar to um, romero's night of the living dead the original it really does tonally the way it's shot parts of its structure you know night of the living dead is a commentary on the the war and what was happening in vietnam at the time and the the end again is just as bleak the you know this character we've been following ben all the way through the film is protecting himself from the zombies, helping this family and these people, protecting the um, the main um, uh, protagonist, and he just gets shot by the American army because they think he's a black guy, he's a zombie, and it's got that kind of bleakness to it. Yeah. It's, it's it's the film that just clicked so much throughout the, throughout watching um, and the bridge, just even even the way the soundtrack works, those moments of silence, and then yeah. the. the the way the silence is used to emphasize the the sound of war, yeah, I I really I really think it's a film people should watch. I really do. Yeah, I will. I would agree. Um, I think that pretty much. I think we've covered most of it. I mean, we can pr- probably. You mentioned uh, the scenes where they say sort of say goodbye to their parents. Oh, of course, yeah. Which is which are also fairly poignant, especially with Siggy's mother, who's sort of. She's sort of an emotional heart in the film, to an extent. Yeah, um, yeah. She's the one family member who is really, really desperate for him to stay, doesn't want him to go. There's another family yeah. where the father is like, yeah, I'm off, bye, see ya. You know, yeah, there's, he's, there's... he's the local Nazi party official. 
um, right, sort right. of is another commentary, <laughs> right? And he's he's sort of where as all the others are on rations and so forth. He's the one having all the schnapps, having the stock of schnapps and so and forth. sleeping with his secretary. Yeah, that yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So uh, the corruption. I mean, I didn't pick up on that. I picked up on parts of it, but obviously not all of it. But yeah, that that corruption then even festering within some of these young boys and the families and the way they're dealing with yeah. everything else. And there's that very austere mother who's like. Well, goodbye then. And the son's like, "Thanks for showing me any kind of empathy, Mum. Bye. Going to war." Yeah, mother. You know, that, and, that's but, that's Jürgen. Yeah, the the army brat, where it, yeah, where he basically says, "I love how composed you always are, mother." And then yes, he goes, that's well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just that weird standoffishness. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Ziggy's mother and Ziggy are the heart of the film. You know, they're, yeah. they're and it's it, it was weird when he died because it, it was a bit early in the film for me it was weird because so far he'd been our our view into this world i guess he's the character that we latched onto the most and then what two-thirds a bit more in he's the one who's gone yeah the first one yeah the first one the most innocent yeah ah war it's not very good (laughs) what is it good for yeah exactly well I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, guys. I think we've talked about pretty much everything to do with the, the bridge. Uh, could you say the German name again? Uh, Die Brücke. Die Brücke. Okay. Watch it. It's on YouTube. If you if you want to watch a film which really does show the realities of war, you know, especially when it was made in nineteen. And from the Germans, the German side. Perspective. Of the yeah, World exactly. War. It's it's a wonderful film I'd never seen before, and it's one that'll stick with me. Um, okay, next week. Unfortunately. We recently lost uh, a bit of a Maverick directing icon, and that was Nicholas Rowe. Uh, I've studied him a lot in my life, and he was a very, very unique filmmaker. So next week, I would like us to watch uh, his 1973 film, Don't Look Now, with right. Donald Sutherland. So I thought that would be apt this week. I think it's, right. it's uh, he's got a great collection of films, and a lot of people may not have come across a lot of those films before. And Don't Look Now is one of his, it, well, it, it's one of his most famous and one which I think really showed his di- directorial style and his uniqueness very, very well indeed. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to that. And uh, Right. <laughs> thanks for watching, guys. Take it easy, everybody, and we'll see you again next Sunday. Take care. <laughs>